Report, recorded live on the third largest moon in our solar system, Callisto. He's a sire. He sets the microphone on fire. His pod styles vary and carry like Mariah. He's your host, Icy Robots. Greetings, Earth people. I am from Jupiter. It's me again, Icy Robots. I'm not a hero. I just sacrificed to make your life a bit better each and every week. And this week, man, it's going to be a fun time. We got some new segments. Got some movie reviews, got all sorts of good stuff, and hey man, look, check it out, it's my boy Iceberg13, hey Iceberg, what's cracking? Nothing blood, just the same old song, man. Yeah, I smell you blood, I see how that is, man, sometimes it's like things get so boring, but you know what, ultimately it's up to you to make the changes in your life that might lead to you having a better life, just how it is, dude, if you're bored, go outside and uh, bounce a ball off the wall. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, I heard that, uh, I heard you and Melissa got a new song, though. What's that all about? Yeah, blood. It didn't come out as well as I would have liked, but still. Yeah, man. I know how that is, too. Sometimes, sometimes you got an idea, and it just it doesn't come out as well as you thought. It's still okay, though. Let's, uh, I mean, let's, just, let's give it a listen. I mean, what, what do we got to lose? You know, it's, you already made it. Why don't you, why don't you cue it up? You feel it? You want to do it? I guess, man. Here we go. This one goes out to Engineer Nerd, and all my peeps over at Action Figure Blues, and also to all my dudes on the USS Nostromo. Me and Diceberg 13, at home away from home, in the Black Party blimp with the cellular phone. Everybody's looking, if you're jealous turn around. We're cold floating in a blimp, 4,000 feet above the ground. The 808 kick drum makes you dummies just get dumb. We're floating past Callisto and the jealous wanna get some. When he said get stupid, you all got stupider. ISR the man you love to hate, the JRE wing of Jupiter. Step back, numbnuts. You are listening to the Toys R Us Report, the world's most dangerous podcast. Free time, baby. I come for free time. Hit it. Can't touch yourself to prove that he's a freak. I can't hold it back. The paint flowing over. Can't hold it back. I am the future. All right, my dudes. We are back from the break. Hey, uh, Iceberg, go man the go man the command panel right now. We are expecting some bad space weather coming this way. So uh, keep an eye on that. You never know what's going to happen. At any rate, we are back again, and now we're going to take another look at our imaginary wrestler. Waterbed Kev and how he has done in the world of imaginary wrestling this month. It's kind of weird. I I uh I actually forgot to send in my money to the IWA. That is my play-by-mail wrestling league. I forgot to send in my money and I thought, well, thought that might be it. I thought they might 
and the career of Waterbed Kev, but they actually, in fact, mailed me my results. I guess that these are the results of dudes who attacked good old Waterbed, and they probably used the, uh, statistics from the month before. So this month, Waterbed Kev is now at, let's find him on the list here. He, um, da 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 he is overall 48 and 40. He's a bit ahead. So, um, is that right? Did I pick the right one? Hold on. That does not seem right. My mistake. I looked at the dude above him. He is, in fact, 26 wins and 18 losses. Not that great, but he is still on the plus side. So, we got that going for us. Um... Sadly, though, there's just, I don't know, man, there's not a lot to say in the world of imaginary wrestling this month. Kev did all right. He won about as much as he lost. Won some, lost some. That's how it is. He was kind of held in a, uh, in a static pattern, but that's cool, man, because I didn't even pay for this packet. I feel bad and a little, I feel a bit bad. Not really, because, uh, Waterbed Kev has put his money in, and, uh, well, every once in a while, you deserve a freebie, I think. Not really, but just, I don't know. Makes me feel better to think that. So, let's take a look at some of the matches he actually had this month. He wrestled, um, it's hard to find them on the sheet. He wrestled somebody named Rico. He defeated Rico with a pump kick in the chest in about five minutes. He wrestled somebody called, uh, Brad Hawk. He also defeated Brad Hawk with the PK, the pump kick to the chest. It's nice to see that Kev is getting his finishing move over. He, uh, beat Max Payne, also with the pump kick. But then he lost to the highlight of the night, Johnny Vegas. He was caught in the camel clutch. He was defeated by somebody named The Stranger. Uh, there was no finish. There is no finish listed here. I am going to make one up. Waterbed Kev was given a Splash Mountain Powerbomb and was defeated by The Stranger. Too bad for him. Um, let's see. He beat Barrett Sandow. Strongman Barrett Sandow. But he also lost to Mr. Awesome. I don't know. Up and down, highs and lows, that is sometimes how it goes. Next month, though, I was reading through the rule book, and I saw that you can at any time challenge the champion. So what I did was I challenged the Western States champion for my league, a man known as the Saskatchewan Sasquatch. I've always wanted to see a Sasquatch. I am a, uh, I'm a Bigfoot file. I dig Bigfoot. I think he's dope, and I want to go out... One of my dream vacations has been to go camping in the woods up in Washington or somewhere and to do a bit of Bigfoot hunting. I realize, I realize what you're really doing is you're just having a nice camping trip under the auspices of Bigfoot hunting because, come on now, you're not going to find him. But I think if I ever did find him, what I would do is I would kind of uh, try to distract him, maybe shoot him, go for a double leg, see if I can uh, take Bigfoot down, restrain him, bring him back, be a big hero. I don't think that would happen. I think that, I think... <laughs> I think if you shot a double on Bigfoot, he would sprawl, start landing some of those pride-style knees right to the top of your dome, and it would be all over with for you. I mean, dude is probably 10 or 12 feet tall, and once he starts cranking those knees to the top of your head, you're going to get folded up like an accordion. You're just going to squish. You will be about 2 feet tall by the time you're done. But I'm hoping that is not what happens to Waterbed Kev. Waterbed Kev is a trained professional wrestler. He knows how to handle himself against a Bigfoot. Believe you me. I'm thinking I'm thinking next month when we do the uh, Waterbed Kev update, what you're going to hear is PK to the chest, pin new Western States champ. I'm out. Yo, ISR, they think we're taking shorts, man. Show them this is cold Medina. Come on, kick it. 
In a moment, at the movies, without Ebert, Siskel or even that dude Roper. But you got Icy Robot, so that's something, right? Why are you climbing Everest? I have kids. They see a regular guy can follow impossible dreams. Maybe they'll do the same. They say the storm of the century is headed your way. It's going to take all we got. There's no oxygen. That's the wrong way. I'm not leaving you behind. Come on. If anyone can make it, you can. Everest experienced in IMAX 3D rated PG-13. We went to see Everest on a Monday afternoon. Monday is the uh, old lady's day off. And we have started to started to let 2.0 walk home from school. And we're spending some quality time at the movie theater. It's great. We get to see the rated R flicks. Not this one. But we get to see the flicks we want to see without having her uh, interfere. It's not like she interferes, but you know how it is when you have somebody who's not old enough to go along. You know, you feel like you gotta do some family activities instead, and it's nice to get a bit of quality time with the beloved wife. So we went to see Everest, and uh, what I did not realize is that I had actually read the book by John Krakauer that this movie is based on. It's the story of a, a vacation trip. I don't know if you'd call it a vacation an adventure trip. It's about a company that uh, for $65,000, they will help you make it to the peak of Mount Everest. They don't guarantee you will, but they will do everything that they can to get you there. Often, uh, often you make it, sometimes you don't. People live, people die. It is a dangerous thing. I don't know if you've ever looked into Mount Everest, but it is so high. It is so high up there that you, you know, you're practically in outer space. You, um, you, you can reach up and touch the moon, I think. That's what I've heard anyway. But, uh, people live, people die. I, I just read somewhere that 35 people die per year trying to get up Everest. That's crazy. And this movie is the story of a, uh, a trip that goes bad. They get up there and they are hit with what they are calling the perfect storm. I don't know where they got that phrase from, but that's what they call it. Bunches of dudes are trapped by this horrific storm. It comes in, subsides, and then comes in again. It's just, uh, a terrible, terrible situation, and that is what the movie is based upon. The dude from the second of the Planet of the Apes movies, the dude who was John Connor in Terminator Genesis is in it, good old Jake Gyllenhaal is in it, and the always lovely Keira Knightley has a role as well. Uh... John Krakauer is played by the dude from the, um... The zombie movie where they're all stuck in the mall. He is the one who's the security guard with the beard and the bald head. There's, um, there is Josh Brolin. He's in it. He plays kind of a Texas guy. A Texas dude determined to make it to the top. The guy who is Kenny Powers' brother is in it. He is a mailman who, uh, wants to make it so that he can show his kids that a normal person can do abnormal things. Uh, the movie is so tense. I... I, I read the book, I knew where it was heading, but, um, during the movie, I'm sitting there, and I can hear the old lady breathing, like, <sighs> and I'm thinking, wow, she, I want, you know, I'm wondering if she's okay, and I look over, and she just kind of has, like, her hands ringing in front of her chest, like, I, 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 I like, she's just so tense, and I'm thinking, wow, this movie is effective at ramping up the tension, you don't know what's gonna happen, and you, um, you hope for the best, and, 
this movie also has just beautiful scenery. I don't know if they were actually there or if they were on a soundstage, but this is an epic looking film. Just a lot of great footage of mountaintops, avalanches, very good looking stuff, especially with like this hot weather we've been having over here on a on, on the Jupiter station. It's been hot as heck. So it was nice to see some snowy peaks even though they uh they weren't the friendly kind that you know like Santa Claus skis down. They were sadly the kind where uh, people pass off the um, this mortal coil. Still, though, it's a good movie. Very good movie. It's not like an A+, but it is a solid B. I do give it the ISR thumbs up. You might want to see it on the big screen just due to the majesty of the movie, but it, it will translate onto the small screen as well, and you can catch it on HBO or on VHS when it comes out. So, uh... Big ISR thumbs up! Up next, what's sure to be an awesome segment. Who's who in the DC Comics universe? You're welcome in advance. Truth be told, I am probably more of a comic nerd than I am a toy nerd. And one of the things that hooked me into comics back in the day was a series called... Who's Who in the DC Universe, The Definitive Guide. It started in 1984, and what it was, was an encyclopedia of all the cool characters in the DC Universe. I loved it. I still love it. I still flip through them. I still look at them all the time. The Who's Who was DC's answer to Marvel's uh, Definitive Guide to the Marvel Universe. I think that's what it was called. Uh... I was young when this came out. I was still a whippersnapper, and I got to admit, the Marvel Guide, it was more formal, it had a more serious tone, and it was, I don't want to admit it, but it was a bit past, not my understanding, but my ability to enjoy. It was too, too formal, too technical, and Who's Who was a bit looser. It was more fun, the things were shorter, the descriptions were shorter, rather, the powers were more vague. It just, I don't know. It had a nice, friendly feel to it that really grabbed me at the time. And it just, I don't know, some of these wacky DC characters were just, just what I needed at that age. So what I'm hoping to do with this segment is sort of just grab one of these guides at random, flip through it, see somebody that kind of interested me as a youth, and I will, uh, share it with you. We'll talk about it. We'll go back and forth. You know, it'll be a good time. A good time learning about some of the goofball characters that DC Comics tried to pawn off on us. I say that like it's a bad thing. Nothing wrong with goofy characters, dude. Nothing at all. Everything does not have to be so dark and so grim. It's cool to have just some, you know, lighthearted action going on, man. We can all appreciate that from time to time. Alrighty, so, uh, let's get started. I went into my stack of who's who's. You can hear it rustling around. And I, uh, I grabbed one at random. I got January 1987. It goes from Cyrene to the Time Trapper. And I kind of flipped into it a bit, and, uh... I decided I would just talk for a little bit about the first weird dude that I came across. And that dude is a guy known as the Ten-Eyed Man. He is, uh, he is also known as Philip Reardon. He was a former soldier, night watchman, sky marshal, and later a vigilante. He first appeared in Batman number 226. 
he is a Batman villain. Uh, let's see what we got here about good old Phil Reardon, the Ten-Eyed Man. While serving in the U.S. Special Forces in Vietnam, Phil Reardon was, Reardon was hit between the eyes by a grenade. Upon his return to civilian life, Reardon became a warehouse guard. One night, thieves knocked him out, and they set a bomb that was going to blow up the warehouse safe. Reardon revised himself, but his vision was blurred from the injury. He mistook the arriving Batman for one of the thieves, and he fought him. And, uh, he recognized it was Batman right before the bomb blew up. Now, that's nuts right there. I mean, the dude was a night watchman, and he did a one-on-one -on -one with the Batman after getting hit in the face with a grenade. Dude, uh, dude had it going on right from the start. I mean, Batman is the best martial artist in the DC Universe, or one of the top two or three, and... This guy, the Ten-Eyed Man, did a one-on-one -on -one straight up fist fight, and it wasn't uh, a one-punch knockout victory for the Batman. So hey man, you gotta give it up. Dude could have been one of the best. Hold on man, one of the best, the Ten-Eyed Man. That's a bit much even for you, dog. Iceberg, what are you doing in this segment? Anyway, dude. I mean, he just, he fist fought with the Batman, and he didn't get grilled and knocked out immediately. That's something. I mean, could you do that? I can't do that. I don't think I could anyway. I might be able to, but I don't think so. But come on. I mean, I'm just, uh, I'm trying to give dude credit where it's due. That's a big deal, right? I mean, fighting the Batman. So, uh, let's see what else we can find out about him. Okay. The explosion aggravated Reardon's Vietnam injury and burned out his retina. A Dr. Engstrom reconnected Reardon's optic nerves to his fingertips, enabling him to see through them. That's nuts right there, man. That's why he's the Ten-Eyed Man, dude, because he has an eye on the end of every finger. Imagine that. No way, fool. That's mad gross. What about when you're in the can troop? You touch all kinds of nasty germs, harps. <laughs> Iceberg, you don't have to end every sentence with some kind of 90s hip-hop name, like hops, or troop, or duke, or G, or dog. I mean... It sounds weird. I don't know. I don't I don't even know why you're doing it. But anyway, in the DC universe, my man, they don't go to the bathroom. I mean, do you ever see that? It's not like Superman retires to the laboratory when he needs to change his uniform. He goes into a phone booth. There are not bathrooms there. And if there are, they are clean. It's not like the one over in your room, Iceberg. Jealous much, bro. You don't even have your own WC, do you? You have to share with the dudes in engineering. Whatever, dude. I don't sweat it because I don't spend all day up in there like you do, primping, getting ready for the show. I look good naturally. I'm in and out in five seconds. Anyway, uh, Phil Reardon, the Ten-Eyed Man, was six feet tall and 189 pounds. He had blue eyes and brown hair with a white streak right up the middle. It looks weird. He's wearing some Terminator X blue blocker style shades. And his uniform has a brown triangle down the front with a bunch of eyeballs. So you know he is the Ten-Eyed Man. You know what, dude, though? I don't even know how this power is very beneficial. Let's read in the powers and weapons category. The Ten-Eyed Man could see through optic nerves connected to his fingertips. He was a superb hand-to-hand -hand combatant and a marksman. I don't know. Iceberg might be right. This one might be... Might be kind of a flop, I don't know. But here it says that he uh, 
twice unsuccessfully sought revenge on the Batman for what happened. He also clashed with the Man-Bat and was accidentally killed during the Crisis on Infinite Earths. That info, the info of how he died by accident is not here. I will be back in a moment. I'm going to hit the net and find out exactly what happened to the Ten-Eyed Man. Let's see, Ten-Eyed Man death. Not much more information. All right, back to the studio. Alrighty, right, so I am back. I am back from the computer lab, and what we have learned about the Ten-Eyed Man is that he died during the crisis at the hands of one of the anti-monitor's shadow beasts. That's how a lot of these fools went down in the game. They got killed either by a white wall, a moving white wall of energy, or they fell victim to a shadow beast. Either one sucked. And, uh, that's what happened to our boy, but he did show up later in a different form of media. I learned this just a second ago. This is cool. He appeared two different times in the cartoon Batman Brave and the Bold. That was a fun one. Real lighthearted stuff. Uh, there was an episode where there was a bar full of also-ran Batman villains, and that's where he was. Chillin', having a drink when the Batman bust in, a fight broke out, and, well... He got whooped on. But still, man, that's pretty cool. It's cool to be a character that has made it into an animated form. That is one, maybe five or six, seven steps below being in a film or a TV program. Still, though, it is nothing to sneeze at. Let's take a, let's take a pause right now and check out this serial commercial where they offer you the chance to make up a villain. One must wonder if this is where they got the idea. For the Ten-Eyed Man. I'm just kidding. Ten-Eyed Man is dope. All right. Uh, here we go. Got it all queued up this time. Click. Holy icicles. In their daily pursuit of justice, our superhero characters do battle with the world's most evil villains. Where will the next evil villain come from? Maybe you will create them. In Post Superheroes Create a Villain Contest. Grand prize. Nine kids win a one-week trip to Hollywood. They'll have breakfast with these superheroes. And the villain they've created. Second prize. 1,000 win bicycles. Millions will enter and everyone who does get superheroes puffy stickers. Details on specially marked boxes of Alphabet, Super Sugar Crisp, Honeycomb, and Pebble cereals. You can draw and paint your villain in the picture provided. Three different pictures. Grand prizes per picture. The most original villains win. Holy Hollywood. Post Superheroes Create a Villain Contest. Details on specially marked boxes of alphabets, super sugar crisp, honeycomb, and pebble cereals. Please drop by supportthereport.com and consider becoming a show patron for as low as a measly dollar a month. It's the right thing to do. It is the right thing to do, and right now we are offering something so dope to patrons. I got five copies of the IC Robots Super VHS tape. It's great. It is, it's about two hours of stuff. It's great. I recorded it in the, uh... 
highest quality so tape is shorter but it does look better and my dudes there is just two hours of fun stuff on here there's old tv commercials tv show intros weird stuff off my dvr scenes from comic book movies scenes from movies you never thought you'd see on vhs it's it's two hours of fun i guarantee it i promise you will have fun watching it for two hours and it's super limited there is only five copies available. They will go to the first five people who join the $5 a month club. Look, I know that's a bit of money. It's a bit, but you get something for it. What you are doing is you are in actuality buying the cassette. You can feel free to cancel right after if you want. I don't think you should, but if you want to, you can feel free to, and that'll be just fine. We'll part as friends at any rate. Go to supportthereport.com and check it out. It's also patreon.com backslash icrobots. This is, this is something fairly important. I do want to upgrade the server packet package. Right now, we can only do about half an hour a week. I would like to do more. I think I have a lot of fun ideas, and I want to get them out to you. So once we earn a grand total of $110 or so, we can go ahead and upgrade the package, and we can move into a bold new future of extra long, extra fun episodes of the Toys R Us report. You don't got to give five bucks, though. You do got to give five bucks to get the tape, but we got all sorts of fun stuff. You can give a buck, you can give two bucks, anything's appreciated. Unburden your soul, do the right thing. All right, guys, enough of that. It feels so dirty. I hate shilling, but I wouldn't have to do it. I wouldn't have to do it if we had the better package. So we're going to move forward into the final segment of the show known as the Toys R Us report itself. Yo, ISI, you man, you've got them running scared, man. You've made it this far. It's time. The final segment, your weekly toy shop update, the Toys R Us report. All right, my dudes, we are back. It's me again, see Robots, here for the final segment of the show, the gimmick known as the Toys R Us report, where I tell you what I saw over at the store this week. And I got to say, man, I still have not seen very much. It's been grim. They haven't really stocked up the shelves ever since Forest Friday, and they got the whole middle portion of the action figure section, like four aisles worth of stuff, is all dedicated to Star Wars, and it's still the same old stuff that was there on uh, Force Saturday, or Leftover Saturday, whatever you want to call it, the day after Force Friday. I still have not seen any of the dope Kylo Ren figures, or just any of the Star Wars Black, which is a bummer. But uh, what they do seem to keep restocking is these super big, super expensive uh, Kylo Ren replica lightsabers. I see that people on uh, various Star Wars toy forums are interested in these. It doesn't seem like they are uh, getting as many as they want. People are paying a premium for these, and at my store, I'm not exaggerating, there's like seven or eight of them, and I've seen them get restocked constantly. Maybe all the boxes the other dudes didn't get are now over at my store. I don't know. I have seen if... um. If you are so inclined, you can grab one of these and flip them on eBay and make maybe like 75 bucks profit. But that's not even, I'm not even into that sometimes. I don't know, man. I want, I feel like I want to find the toys and 
I can buy my one. I've said this before. I can buy my one and I can choose to do with it whatever I want. If I want to sell it, I can sell it. If I want to keep it, I want to keep it. But I, you know, I am entitled to my one. And, uh, I don't even want one of these. So I'm just, I don't know. I'm not interested. It seems like kind of a burden to pack. It's really big, but, um, there's a ton of them there. If you want one, come down, you know, come down and I'll, I'll show you where they're at. If you are so interested. Oh, oh, oh. I want to say this while it's still fresh in my mind. For you guys out there who have a Roku, there is a station that popped up called Old School Rap. You got to go find it. It's in the channel store. Just check it out. And um, what they're doing is they just play old school rap videos all day. When I say old school, I mean 80s and 90s. Some are good. Some are bad. Yesterday I saw Eric B. and Rakim and I saw Main Source. I saw Third Base. I also saw Compton's Most Wanted, which I didn't want to see. I saw the UMCs, I didn't want to see that. I saw some iced tea, not into that. But it's um it's real real cool stuff. I'm enjoying it. I leave it running during the day for uh, long periods of time. Part of it is a bummer though, because they play a commercial just about every two songs. So you gotta sit through the same old ad over and over and over again. But you will see a bunch of dope videos you have not seen in years. So uh, check it out, Roku channel. Old school rap. Anyway, my dudes, that's about it for this week. Me, Iceberg, we got got a bunch of maintenance to do on the station. So we're going to head out of here. We're going to get started on that. Um, so for Iceberg 13, Anson and Melissa, and everybody else here on the IC Robots Jupiter Station, this is me signing off. I got to say, if you don't know, now you know. Yeah, that's right. This jam is rated Cold Medina, man. That's right, Cold Medina. We're in EFFECT, otherwise known as Effect. Know what I'm saying? This has been an IC Robots Radio production.